Hey everybody, welcome back to Studio HFL. I'm Larry Powell, your host for this podcast. I'm glad you're back for another interview. I'd like to let you know that this podcast is made possible by the generous support of my new co-sponsor, Messina Covers. David and Erica design and deliver both high-quality customer service and products, both standard and custom. Be sure to check them out at www.messinacovers.net. And Messina is spelled M-E-S-S-I-N-A-C-O-V-E-R-S. They offer their support through Patreon. Patreon is a funding platform where you can offer your financial support to this podcast, and your help will go towards hosting, production, and marketing fees. There are several tiers of support offered, and you can check out how you'd like to support this podcast at www.patreon.com slash studiohfl, and Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can also offer support by providing comments and a rating on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. If you'd like to receive news regarding interviews, new guests, access to Studio HFL merchandise, please subscribe to the newsletter by going to www.powellmusic.net and click on the subscribe to newsletter link. And of course, Powell Music, P-O-W-E-L-L-M-U-S-I-C dot net. And now, on with the interview. Mark Degotti, professor of trumpet at Auburn University. Uh, welcome to my podcast. And uh, it's Studio HFL. And I've been asking everybody, uh, what's the HFL stand for? So that's your first question. HFL. And you've got to think, uh, think like a trumpet player. Yeah. High, loud, high, fast, loud, high, loud, fast. You got it. <laughs> Higher, faster, louder. That's exactly it. You know, uh, you'd be surprised at, at the, the high-profile people I've interviewed who, who didn't get that. So... Uh, <laughs> so, Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So to so, answer your question, I'm I'm doing great. Um, you know, I, I hear your voice and I think, man, I, I sure miss hanging with you and playing with you. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. So, but it sounds like we we have a lot of mutual friends that we've run into recently. It sounds like. Holy cow! Well, uh, drop a few names. Let me know. Well, you've met uh, my Brazilian contact Bruno Garcia oh, at ITG. Gosh. What a great guy. Super great guy. He uh, he studied with Joe Van Fleet at Eastern Kentucky for yeah. like uh, a, a year or two abroad and uh, has been in good uh, been good friends with Joe for years. And right. Bruno, Bruno, he is quite the mastermind when it comes to organizing festivals and events in, in uh, Sao Paulo. So he's he started this huge, huge uh, jazz festival over there mm-hmm. and then decided to branch off and do a classical more like teaching based uh, just trumpet uh, festival so mm-hmm. uh, he had, they didn't have a lot of money at first so they asked Joe if he wanted to do it or if he knew anybody else that would that could do it free of charge basically uh, if, you know so Joe and I were fortunate enough that well, my school, Auburn, paid for my travel over there, mm-hmm. and Joe, I think, got a grant to to cover the expenses. Or uh, he may, I don't even know, he may have had to pay out of pocket. But yeah. but yeah, so we've been going over there every January for the last uh, three or four years now, and it's great. I mean, the mm-hmm. festival's awesome. They they have you know forty, fifty plus trumpet players every time. Uh, one year there was almost a hundred. So mm-hmm. uh, 
it's been really cool getting to know him and spending time. And he actually came to the U.S. Uh, two years ago and visited us at Auburn and did a class here. And, yeah. Uh, just such a nice guy, great player, just a really good dude. So. Well, you know, the he and uh, two others, we ended up sharing uh, uh, Airbnb for that weekend ITG in Miami. Uh-huh. And uh, I had never met him before. And so, you know, I'm getting to know him a little bit through the week and I'm finding out everybody knows him. (laughs) Everybody. And I looked at him and finally I was like, man, Bruno, I need to be interviewing you. It seems like you're the superstar here, you know? So he, well, I mean, he's host like that jazz festival has been going on for years and he's host major, major big wigs down there. And like, he's like the point person for all of it. So like (laughs) he's gotten to know Arturo Sandoval, John Faddis, like all those huge mm. big time names. So he's yeah, he's he loves being right in the mix with all that stuff. Wow. So <laughs> That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, so uh, and then I just we just hired a new oboe professor from IU and her husband it was principal bassoon Connor in uh, Owensboro. Connor Bell. No kidding. Yeah, so we hired Kathleen through a national search. She was fabulous and uh when she they got here we found out that her husband was also abd bassoon performance at iu and yeah. we were looking to have an adjunct uh, bassoon teacher so me and nicole actually just went out for drinks with the two of them uh a couple <laughs> a few nights ago so super nice guy and he had talked about you a little bit too so oh. uh, connor's connor's pretty cool and you know uh uh, he told us about this. I didn't know he was going to get the adjunct position, but he told us. And, and then he said, you know, I'm I'm not quitting uh, the OSO. I'll do the commute. And I'm thinking, dude, <laughs> that's a that's a long haul. But, you know, it's uh, and, you know, you were in the, the symphony for was it close to 10 years? Yeah, eight eight seasons. Eight and seasons. I, and, and like four of those four or five of those seasons, I was in Illinois driving. So yeah. But you understand, uh, was, you know, the, the, yeah. there's something about that group that makes it worth uh, the long haul. Oh, absolutely. It's just a great hang. It's a, it, You guys do great rap. The hall is great. I mean, yeah, everything about it is worth it. I know the, the, the pay is not, like, astronomical, but nobody does it for the pay. And, and I kind of smart doing, keeping, keeping that going because, you know, when you move to a new town, it takes yeah. some time to, like, get into the yeah. sub lists and, you know. That yeah. sort of thing. So, well, you know, the pay tripled uh, the season after you left. Oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Just they're kidding. like, finally, now we can raise the pay. The goatee's gone. Yeah. So now it's $15 a service. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's not that bad. But... Yeah. Well, um, how long have you been at Auburn now? This is, I'm going to be starting my 10th year, if you can believe that. Oh, I can't believe that. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I started in 2010 and, uh, been here since. So tenured. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got tenure three years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so I'm associate pre- professor, been tenured for three years now and in the process of working on the next promotion to full professor, I still have a few more years to go on mm-hmm, that, but, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of the plan, but no, everything's going really well here. We can't complain. We, you know, it's, great place to be and you know it's a great town to raise a family and Mm -hmm. schools very supportive and good so yeah i was gonna say you're a new dad but it's not so much new anymore i mean you've no she's gonna be two in october it's getting crazy Mm. yeah so but uh she's she's great she's talking up a mile a minute 
yeah. run, and run, running around everywhere, as you probably know how that goes. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how are you? How are the boys doing? Oh, the boys are great. Uh, they start school tomorrow. Fourth grade, uh, seventh grade, and oh uh, my god, seventh yeah. grade. Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. And uh, my oldest, Nick, uh, just got promoted to uh, sergeant in the army. So. Oh, very cool. You know, there's, there's, yeah, everybody out there is going to be thinking, uh, holy cow, you know, what, uh, what kind of age difference, <laughs> but I'll explain that some other podcast, but, uh, but you know, and I, and I have my three and a half year old granddaughter. So, oh, I didn't know you had a granddaughter. That's yeah. awesome. Or maybe I didn't know that. Uh, but either way, that's awesome. Yeah. So is Nick in the vicinity of Indianapolis or uh, where he is, he? is they're down in Bedford. Uh, there's a okay, not too far. National Guard Yeah. So cool. Well, very good. Yeah. So yeah, you know, uh, hard to believe. You know, we're fathers and grandfathers, and uh, still able to stay sane uh, on the trumpet. Uh, right. Well, at least I'm. I'm trying to. I don't know if you're successful with it, but. Yeah, we're. I mean, it's when they're really little. It's it's a struggle to keep up with everything. Uh, just, I mean, I I can't practice at home unless I'm using a silent brass or something. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, practicing is, uh, at a premium for sure. But, mm-hmm. but, uh, no, we make, we make it work. I mean, I was actually, I was just up in your neck of the woods last, this past spring. I did a recital at UK and a recital oh. at University of Louisville. I got to meet Lee Slant for the first time. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, just trying to prepare and practice for that stuff was just, you know, you know, how, well, you know how it goes. You've had to go through it three times. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. So yeah, it's a cha- it's a challenge. So you're gonna hear some drumming here for a couple seconds as I walk into the music building. Oh, okay. Marching okay. band camp has started for our, our <laughs> marching band. It started yesterday, so everybody, yeah. all the drummers are outside going at it. I well, probably. So are you involved with the marching band there? I'm not officially on staff, but um, the marching band director here tells all of all the all the music faculty if we ever want to come in and do sectionals or hear audition it's sure. always an open door policy kind of thing so um so it's good and, it's good and bad i mean the good is i don't have to go to all the rehearsals and do all that other stuff um the bad is i don't get to go to all the games but i can go some i get um we get a certain number of reserved guest passes mm-hmm. to sit with the marching band that um mm-hmm. We usually use it for like recruitment, or if, if sure. you know, if you just want to go to a game or something like that. Yeah. But, um, uh, and, so no, and, yeah. And I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, does Auburn have a football team? Oh, yeah. stop it! <laughs> <laughs> this year, maybe. Last year, we did not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, SEC football seriously. Everybody, everybody's complaining about our our, our um, schedule this year. We're playing six top fifteen teams. Wow. <laughs> So, wow. uh, so we got, we got our work cut out. For us. Well, you know, my Kentucky Wildcats, uh, had a fantastic season last year. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, and of course it's going to be, the bar has been set higher. So any of those expectations are that, you know, that same sort of thing is going to happen this season. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm, figured, you know, uh, we've, we've never been competitive with the rest of the sec in football necessarily, but when it comes to basketball, uh, uh, not even, not even a, uh, yeah. uh, a, a game, yeah. except for this past year. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about that, okay? <laughs> Let's this. We should go back to talking about trumpet, right? 
You know, it's funny. You know, what's funny is Auburn is known to be a football school. We're not known to be basketball or baseball, but we happen to have made the World Series in baseball and the yeah. Final Four this year, which is that's yeah, amazing. First, first time ever in in Auburn history. So, mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, we got a long way to go to get anywhere close to the UK record and, and yeah. culture. But, yeah. Um, well, let's talk anyway. a little bit uh, about uh, what's going on at Auburn. You've got um, graduate and undergraduate programs there. We do. We have um, we have a master's of music education and a PhD in music education. Um, but other than we don't have, we currently don't have any performance majors. We don't have a performance degree mm-hmm. for the masters, just music again. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the students we get here are uh, primarily undergraduates. It's a very undergraduate heavy university, and especially in the music department. So, um, so I mean, it's good and bad. I mean, I, I get to focus on developing younger players and you know good morale and things like that. But sometimes it'd be nice to have a couple of grad students to kind of. Raise the bar a little bit, but sure. um, but but we we currently don't have uh, that right now. Yeah, we talked about get, having one um, being added to the curriculum, but we're not quite there yet. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how uh, big's your studio? Well, right now um, I have twenty-one majors. Oh my gosh! Um, um, I had. This year, I had the largest incoming class I've ever had. I had eight incoming freshmen, maybe nine. The ninth person was going to audition the first week of school. Um, Auburn's a little weird when it comes to applied lessons. Um, we have we have three degrees. We have a performance degree, we have a music ed degree, and we have what is called a bachelor's of arts, which is like a mm-hmm. kind of like a liberal arts music degree. Mm-hmm. All three of those degrees have different lesson requirements. So the Bachelor's of Arts, you're only required to take for two years. Music Ed, only for three years. And then Performance for four years. So while I have 21 students in the studio, I'm actually only teaching lessons this coming year to about 16 or 17 of them. Um, Because the other, like, four-ish four or five students are, I call them uh, lingerers. They kind of are hanging out. Mm Mm-hmm finishing up their coursework, but not doing lessons. Right. Uh, and we um, so I still, I mean, they still come to master class, they trumpet ensemble and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. they're, are definitely part of the community, but they're not enrolled in less, those three or four are not enrolled in lessons. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I'm pretty excited. This is uh, by far one of the bigger studios I've had since I've been at all. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be pretty exciting. So yeah. was there a trumpet ensemble there when you started? Uh, no, there wasn't. Uh, I think the guy before me, or the two guys before me, may have done some things like maybe like play a trumpet ensemble piece on a on a chamber concert or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there was never like a very there was not it wasn't like a a really organized music chamber music class and ensemble that would meet regularly. He mm-hmm. would he kind of combined trumpet ensemble with like rehearse during studio class time and that sort of thing. It wasn't its own separate thing, which it is now. Mm-hmm. So. You, um, I'm just remembering, you did a Bruckner arrangement. Was it Os Usti? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a, uh, it was two, two choirs. Motet choir, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bruckner <clears throat> Motet that I arranged for, for two trumpet on, two, well, eight trumpets, right. choir A and choir B. So, it was really good. Yeah, I, that was I, actually, 
I did that with uh, yeah, well, with my group uh, four or five years ago, and I'm, I'm thinking right. I ha- might have to resurrect that because it was a really good arrangement that you did. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, it, it's gotten a pretty decent, pretty good amount of mileage actually, which I'm excited. I'm glad to hear it was one of my earlier arrangements, so mm-hmm. I didn't really quite know what I was doing, but it ended up coming out pretty good. And yeah, um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a it's a beautiful piece. I mean, all of this choral music is awesome, but mm-hmm. that particular one was one of my favorites. So. So do you get a um, chance to do much more arranging or anything like that? Uh, yeah, ever since Meta was born, it's come to kind of a screeching halt. But um, <laughs> I, what, what basically how it all got started was I, I uh, the Brooklyn was not my first arrangement I did. The first arrangement I did was specifically for the trumpet ensemble. It was like I was kind of fed up with, the limited amount of trumpet rep for trumpet ensemble mm-hmm. with the exception of, you know, like there's a couple standards and there's a couple of newer fun pieces to play, but mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted, it was, I wanted to get better at arranging and learn how to do the pro the process of learning finale and that sort of thing. So I used that as a means to just write some music that my kids could play. So the first arrangement that I did was actually the magic food overture and for eight trumpets. And, that's where I started getting into the publishing and arranging more. Mm-hmm. And the students did that for uh, National Trumpet Competition. And that was the first year that they Auburn had ever made it to the semifinals. That was before they did the quarterfinals. That's and, awesome, man. But, which was cool because they were, you know, they were playing music that wasn't for trumpet, but they were, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely gratifying to see them doing an arrangement that I had an opportunity to do. And uh, it was fun because it evolved too. It wasn't like, you know, uh, I write it, okay, you have to play it. It was like, okay, this this part might fit better in this person's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. section because it, it, you know, plays to his or her strength and that sort of thing. So, uh, so it was kind of cool for them to see the process evolve organically. You know what I mean? Yep. So, Yep. So yeah, so I so from there I started it turned into this this project that I would try try to write an arrangement every year for the group to use as a to perform mm-hmm. at NTC and and I, I've written probably almost close to a dozen arrangements since then because uh, for that purpose. So well, I'm uh, going to have to follow up with you after this and, <laughs> and see if I can get my hands on some of those. Are they published? Um. <clears throat> two thirds of them are published. I have a few that haven't been published yet, but yeah, I'm I'm happy to send you whatever you want. Um, I'm trying to think what I've done. I did uh, Magic Flute Overture. I did another Mozart opera arrangement of mm-hmm. uh, La Clemenza de Tito. I did the Borgia Carnival Overture, which is pretty ambitious, but mm-hmm. uh, the kids did a fun, they did a nice job on it, and mm-hmm. they, they loved it and had a good time. That Bruckner piece. I did a couple Granger things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so, so I, I have a pretty good collection of stuff now, which has been kind of fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you email, shoot me an email. I'll send you whatever I can find if, Sweet. if you're, you're interested. So, so you took uh, trumpet ensemble to NTC. Have you sent any students in the solo division? Uh, I've had a couple students go to solo competition. Um, two years ago, well, actually. This year, I had a high school student, actually. He goes to Auburn High School. He's, a, he's going to be a senior this year. When, uh, his last year, his junior year, he uh, made it to quarterfinals, and then he actually made it to the, to the semifinals, the, the mm. final eight, which was pretty exciting. I've never had a, a student make it to the to the next round <laughs> of, of the shortlist. Mm-hmm. So, he, so that was pretty cool. And one of my college students made it to the 
the quarterfinals solo round, but he didn't do it because the the Monday after NTC, like two days after NTC was over, he had made finals. He made semifinals for the West Point Academy Band. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't want to deal. He's he's a freak. I'm by far the best student I've ever had. Mm-hmm. He's a, a really gifted player. Mm-hmm. So he went up there to do. He wanted to pick his battle. So he just said he thought it would be too much to do that and the list and the, the trumpet ensemble too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've had students do a little bit of everything at that, um, which has been pretty fun. So. You know, I'm thinking uh, you've you've got students going to these big competitions and. Uh, you know, whether or not they choose the rep or you choose it, um, do you feel like you have to be able to perform it uh, if you're going to teach them on it? Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, um, everything I try to do is through example. Um, I mean, obviously, there's there's an endless amount of professional recordings available to students now. Um, so we obviously start with that. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, I definitely try to demonstrate as much rep, whether it's solo rep or etudes or even warm-up exercises and lessons as I can. Mm -hmm. Um, For some of my more advanced students, I have to be a little more particular about what I demonstrate because, you know, having the Tomasi under your fingers or, you know, the Peskin concerto (laughs) on your fingers, you know, just pick up the horn and go, like, uh, that's a little bit more challenging. So sometimes, depending on the rep, is my students are working on sometimes there's stuff that I actually have to practice because I want right. to be able to demonstrate it at, at the highest quality I can. And right. if, I can, if I'm not comfortable doing it, I won't demonstrate it because I'm not, yeah. it, it becomes pointless. So. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fearful of the day that somebody brings in the decent close or, you know, some, <laughs> right. <laughs> or one of the Shane, uh, Shan, however you pronounce it, you know, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Exactly. Uh, it's like, Sure, we can do it, but I think this is the tempo that we should take. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, going to be yeah, some ridiculously yeah. slow, uh, slow. And tempo. you know, and that's what's amazing. Like, just in hindsight, it, it those experiences have given me so much more respect for my teachers, and even in undergrad too. And 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 Mass Charlie DePaul at Michigan and and Rommel at IU. I mean, Rommel. I mean, he's dealing with like top tier, you know, undergrad and graduate mm-hmm. students playing all kinds of crazy rep, and he can. Just pick it up and play it, and it's like okay, mm-hmm. that's you know that's pretty pretty remarkable yeah. to be able to do that yeah. uh, lesson after lesson. So yeah. yeah, you heard Ed Cord retired, right? I did. Uh, I, I I got a DJ Cord emailed. I guess a bunch of people from IU in that were in school around that time, and mm-hmm. I um, was considering trying to go down and and. and see the event because I studied with him for a summer, but, uh, I wasn't able to make the trip, but, uh, mm-hmm. well, did you play in his, did you play in his brass choir when you were there? I did it. Yeah. I did it for one year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took summer lessons with him. So, mm-hmm. and he was also, he helped, he wasn't on my, my deep, my doctorate committee, but he helped me with the research project that was, I was doing the low up trumpet stuff. Mm-hmm. So he was like the one that actually suggested it. So, um, <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, so I mean, uh, I mean, he's taught there for a long time, so I think he's going to be happy to enjoy his free time and yeah. do, travel yeah. and do whatever it is he does. Yeah. So. so for our, our, our listeners, um, you, you've mentioned, I think everywhere you've gone, Michigan was your, your bachelor's, right? 
Yeah, I did my, my bachelor's in, uh, actually I did two bachelors at Michigan. I double majored in trumpet performance and music theory at University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I studied with Charlie, Charles Duvall. Uh, he was there during my whole time when I was there. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went to Indiana University for both my master's and my doctorate. Both in performance? Uh, well, my master's was in performance. My doctorate, they don't even offer it anymore. It's, uh, it's a doctorate in brass pedagogy. Actually. Oh, all right. I remember that. Um, you were one of the last that, ones to go through that, right? Yeah, they, they got rid of it because it just wasn't. It, I think the idea behind it was good, but I think they needed to reevaluate the curriculum mm-hmm. for it. And so they, I don't think they, so it's just performance now. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, um, are you studying with anybody at the moment? And not that I'm trying to reveal any, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it, no. it's like me. I, I think, you know, I'm not necessarily studying with any one person in particular, but I feel like I, I'm still a student and everything I listen to and everything I go to is a learning experience, you know, and I'm, uh, man, YouTube has been, uh, terrific, uh, not yeah. just from a listening standpoint to really watch. Uh, a lot of great players. Uh, I get a lot out of watching uh, what they do and how they hold themselves. And uh... mm-hmm. no, I, yeah, I agree. I don't. Um, I'm not playing for anybody or studying per se uh, for anybody right now, and I haven't been for a little while. But um, I will say, if there's anything that is kind of my go-to as far as like inspiration or just instruction. Um, there's, uh, there's a couple guys that I've been, I've been listening to. Obviously, I, I mean, as silly as it sounds, I, I, any chance I get, I listen to, to Chris Martin play. Um, right. uh, Facebook, there's, you know, somebody posted a, a bunch of videos of him playing at the, the brass band stuff in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just hearing him do some of that standard rap, like that in of itself is, is, is a lesson, you know, as far as just beauty and sound and phrasing and that right. sort of thing. Um, there's a gentleman that is the principal trumpet in the, the theater, Sao Paulo theater orchestra, um, that I met in when I was over there. And I mean, what's small, he posts like educational videos, just, uh, it's all in Portuguese. So I don't understand a word he's saying, but <laughs> he came up with some of these exercises. Um, they're basically expanding scale exercises just to work on sound and, and consistency across the, the registers of the horn. And, um, there's nothing, earth chattering about it, but I've been following him a little bit, you know, um, because I thought his approach to that and he demonstrates and plays him and he sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so I've been listening to some of that and yeah, you know, kind of anybody I can get my, my hands on, on YouTube. It's a lot of it. Actually, a lot of my students will, you know, my students are a lot more savvy than I am. So they'll <laughs> send me, Hey, Dugody, have you checked out this, this recording? Have you seen this? Or have you heard about this? And, you know, uh, so it's whatever I can listen to. I try to, Try to you know take it you know take it into my own playing for sure. Mm -hmm. You find uh, and you've been teaching well Eastern Illinois. uh, How long were there? Three years or longer than three years? I was there for five for four and a half years. I was there for a year and a half part time adjunct, and then I was there for three years full time. Mm -hmm. And then on to Auburn from there, right? And then I came to Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh, feel like your teaching has evolved? Uh, in that amount of time, do you, and then, and I feel like I'm, uh, you know, some sort of congressman with a, and the follow-up question would be, uh, 
do you see any of Rommel's or uh, Charlie Duvall's teaching coming through in your own teaching? Mm. Yeah, I think my teaching has evolved a lot, actually. Um, I think the core principles that I try to get my students to focus on haven't changed a whole lot, which is uh, which is definitely Rommel coming through. Uh, Rommel was by far the most influential teacher I had. He, I, I had studied with him the longest and felt like while I improved and learned a lot from Charlie Duvall, um, Rommel really kind of completely turned around my, my, my physical approach to playing the horn and mm. focusing less on the mechanics and even less on the, the wind side of things, like the technical side and just listening more and using the sound to kind of guide everything, which mm-hmm. is a very simplistic, holistic approach. Um, well, that's it's a, a hard one to buy. That's a so, Chickowitz. Sorry. That's a Chickowitz uh, approach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it absolutely is. And it, sometimes it can be hard to buy into when your chops don't feel great or things aren't <laughs> sounding good. And right. uh, Rommel, I felt like, was a true master at getting my head in the right space to, to try to let go of some of those mental hangups and just listen and sing. And so that's kind of like my main core to my, my teaching approach. But I think my teaching style has evolved a lot in that I'm not as dogmatic as I used to be. And what, what, I guess what I mean by that is like when I was, in, when I was teaching early on in the career, I, I tended to approach a lot of my students kind of with the same stuff same style of, of teaching, same approach, mm-hmm. same, even similar exercises. Um, and now I teach a lot more to the student and less, uh, and, and less, okay, this is just the, the, the structure of how every lesson should be. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's important that I have some consistency across the studio because I don't want everybody, you know, out left field, you know, but, <laughs> but I, I feel like I, my left, my lessons are much more personalized than they used to be when I was younger. And I think that's, that's just an experience thing. I've learned mm-hmm. over time to read students to know when they need to be pushed in a lesson or know when they need to be, you know, supported a little bit more. And, mm-hmm. um, so that's kind of, I think, my evolution of my teaching. But I think the core of it is, is still kind of the same, where it's, it's focusing on sound and mm-hmm. um, letting the mechanics and the technique kind of align with that to start with. So Yeah. You know, I, I know that uh, a lot of people that came through IU, and maybe not so much anymore, but uh, the whole Bill Adam uh, era, and then for quite a while, even after that, uh, after he was done teaching there, uh, the Adam routine was still kind of what you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I even remember you uh, shared your Adam routine packet with me. It was like, you know, 4,000 pages of Schlossberg and, and <laughs> what it was ridiculous. And I was like, holy yeah. cow, you do this every day. And uh, I'm, I'm curious as to how that has changed over the years for you. Yeah. Over the last like probably 10 years, I've just to try to like be informed as a teacher, but also just out of curiosity, I've tried a lot of different warm ups. I've done the stamp warm up exercises. I've done the bus basics. I've done, um, chicklets flow studies. I've done Adam routine. And, um, I've found that, um, I don't do the Adam routine the way I did it when I was, when I was at IU, I still do, some of the Adam routine, but I don't do it the same way. And I don't do a lot of the same exercises I did when I was back, when I was back in college. Um, I've learned that 
doing some chromatic or scale-like exercises, connected registers is, is important for me, whether it's Clark 1 or whether it's just scales. Mm-hmm. I do some of those. But to be honest with you, what I the most of the stuff that I do now is I do a ton of muscle exercises. When I was at IU, I would do some. Now I do... I would say, I would say, if I warm up for 30 or 40 minutes, I would say 20 of those, so 20 to 30 of those minutes are doing like, are doing flexibility. Sure. Um, and doing, doing them with some articulation and some without just mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm, I'm getting the tongue used in there somewhere. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've, I've learned that I'm not playing as loud as I used to. I don't think, uh, I mean, I still play out and, and play comfortably, but, when I was in college, I, I had a really big misconception about Adam routine. I, I equated volume with fullness. And um, <laughs> I guess at the time in my playing, that's where I, it was. And that's the only way I could you know, be mm-hmm. successful. But I've learned over time that the key is not volume. The key is just even the sound and, and centered mm-hmm. and, and projecting. So, mm-hmm. so I'm not, I'm not blasting, you know, Schlossberg like I used to. <laughs> well, you know, of course, we sat next to each other in the Owensboro Symphony for uh, eight seasons, and you know, I tell people, and, and I've had other uh, really fine second trumpet players, um, but what I say is, Degotti learned every one of my uh, idiosyncrasies. He learned how to play out of tune with me. He learned how to <laughs> rush and drag with me. Um you know, I mean, you, you've, I've always uh, admired your sound, you know, and, and we played together, I think really, really well. And I miss that. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, and I, and I joke about that, but you know, I mean, that is kind of the role of a second trumpet player is to, is to make the first guy sound good. Right. You're talking about playing sec, you know, playing second to you in Owensboro. Um, first, let me say that you made it pretty easy to play with you, um, uh, you, there was never any question where the time was, where entrances were, where the pitch was. Even if things were not like lining up immediately, one of the things I I, I appreciated was it, it didn't take long for it to li- eventually line up. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It was never really, it was never guessing. We I don't play on a Yamaha anymore, but I do remember when we were both on y- Yamaha Chicago. I remember pitch and style and just general sound concept was so locked in for yeah. the two of us and that was that was a, a, a really fun time well we, you're you're uh, on a shires now right yeah uh i'm i'm uh, a shires artist and i bought a i bought a shires years ago and i bought uh the 4f model years ago raw brass at, yeah. at uh, the itg when they were in uh, columbus um and the school our school just bought a shires that it's it's silver plated and it's it's several generations or newer so it, yeah. it's I mean they're both great horns um, yeah. but and I have a couple students that play on some shires season yeah and you know I've been playing shires I'm an artist now for uh, two years a little little mm-hmm. over two years and uh, holy cow uh, B flat and C and uh, I've got some Eastman uh, product that I'm mm-hmm. playing on man and it's well the company's doing everything right yes um, they. And, uh, you know, you were kind of at the, at the beginning of a lot of that, as far as the trumpets go. Yeah, I was, I, I was pretty good about keeping up with all the different equipment trends. I, I'm not a big equipment guy, but, um, yeah, I, the, the Yamaha C's are really good and they make really good stuff. Um, I felt like the, the Chicago generation one that I had 
was very easy to play, but I felt like it lacked some depth and color that the Shires has. Um, I think Bach has that, but it's just you have to work really hard to, to mm-hmm. and, and spend a long time finding a good horn, whereas yeah. Shires are... I felt like Shires was a nice balance between the two the, the two bigger companies yeah. that uh, it's worked for me. So, yeah. So, I've been pretty happy with them. They're, they're great. Do you know so. Andy Lott by any chance? I know the name. He's up in Fort Wayne, right? Exactly. Principal in Fort yeah. Wayne. So, yeah. I, I don't, I've never met him. But. A couple of Easter's ago, uh, what, two weeks before Easter, um, I was playing the ballet with Fort Wayne Phil. And Andy leans over in rehearsal and goes, uh, hey, what are you playing? And I said, I had my Yamaha Chicago at that point, at that point. And he goes, I'll buy that horn off you right now. And I said, okay. Uh, and, uh, I said, I've got a matching B flat. So the next day I brought the B flat in and, and, uh, after that Sunday afternoon matinee, I walked out of the gig without a horn in my hands. I was completely, (laughs) I, I sold them both right then and there. And uh, I called Sam up at Shires and I'm like, you know, we're like maybe one or two weeks before Easter. I said, Hey, uh, I need a trumpet. (laughs) And lo and behold, you know, I, I found out she's a fantastic musician. You know, she test drove a few horns for me, sent them to me. And, uh, of course I ended up picking, uh, picking one out of there, but, uh, man, you know, she was a lifesaver, um, and that's that's another cool thing about Shires. I know people are going to be listening, thinking this is a shameless plug for Shires, and that's okay. Uh, but great company, great people, and yeah. uh, and I finally got to meet Steve Shires at uh, this past ITG. I don't know if you've met him. Met him once. It's been yeah. year, years. It's been years. But um, no, I, yeah, they do. They do really good things. Um, their customer service is great. They're you know, um, anytime I like, we had a, a Shires Palooza at Auburn three or four years ago where she just sent like five or six horns down mm-hmm. see trumpets for the kid you know for everybody to try and free no shipping or anything she said you know try them out as long as you want and yeah if you have a kid that wants to buy one or if you want to buy one just leave it and we'll you know i mean yeah. they're they just super uh just really great people so yeah. so i'll edit but, this part out but who's your uh who's your shire's rep or eastman rep down that way is it scott, uh, scott layman does that name ring a bell Honestly, I've the guy that used to be the rep. Uh, the guy that used to be the rep was up in Birmingham, and he's not the rep anymore. I don't remember his name now. Actually, um, he does only trombones. He was doing trumpets and trombones. I don't. I don't think we have a trumpet rep down here. So mm. I, everything I've ever done was always just directly through Samantha. Yeah, yeah. So I was just curious. Yeah. So, well, um, we got any projects coming up? Any solo recitals? Anything you're working on? Well, it's funny you should say that. Um, this summer I, b- was the beginning of all that trump- all the trumpet ensemble arrangements that I wrote over the last several years. I decided that I wanted to get them professionally recorded. So, um, for three days in Atlanta, we, uh, re- me and a bunch of my IU buddies, sure, including John, sure. including John Rommel, all flew down and recorded um, all of the pieces. Oh, how uh, cool! So I'm in the pro- so it's all it's all been recorded. I'm in the process of get, you know editing right now and um, getting it mastered and, and ready for release. But um, yeah, did, so did was, you play on that or just conduct or both? Uh, no, I played um, and I actually had we recorded it. Uh, it was kind of a, a dual a joint 
project with me and uh, the music director at Emory University. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Emory. It's, sure. in, it's mid, Midtown Atlanta, and they have a beautiful performing arts center. Um, and Paul Bassine, is the, he's the music director at Emory University. And he and I went to Michigan together. He's a great trumpet player. He studied with uh, Charlie Geyer at Northwestern, and he decided to do the conducting route. And I'd been talking about um, getting these pieces recorded at some time. And, and he was really excited about maybe conducting and collaborating with all these great trumpet players. So we put the, the project together and re- recorded 60 minutes of music in three days, which is <laughs> quite more ambitious than I was anticipating. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, like every, like every, uh, almost everybody I went to IU with came down. R- John Rommel agreed to play Bob White, Mike Deshone, Brandon Craswell, mm-hmm. um, uh, James De La Garza came down. Colin no Bridgestock came down. Yeah, yeah, from New York. I, I had to beg him to come down and take time off from the show. But, <laughs> but it, yeah, everybody. I was I was pretty excited that everybody was willing to come down and play and and humor me on my arrangements. But um, it was a blast. Uh, it was really cool having Rommel down there because um, I haven't played with him in, in a long time, right. especially like in a professional setting. You right. know? I mean, you've, I know you've done studio stuff with him up in Indianapolis. Yeah, which is but you know. Well, you know, some of those Hal Leonard sessions, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of time to uh, yeah, sure. hang or chat or anything like yeah. that. But, uh, um, you know, I think about that and it, it's a he's a colleague now, right? I mean, he's been a colleague for a long time, but I guess I mean, I I, I don't it's it's weird for me to call him a colleague, even yeah, though right. I, I guess, you know, we, we yeah. probably are, but um he's definitely in a whole nother league than, than than i am but um but yeah it was it was great it was really cool having him there and we and, and get, getting to be there for like three solid days like three, a couple mm-hmm. recording sessions each day and then dinner and hang out and chat and catch up and it was mm-hmm. it was great it was a lot of fun it was a lot of work and stressful because not only preparing all the arrangements but organizing everything sure. like, you know uh it's I don't know if you've done any recording projects. This was my first one, so it was all trial by fire. So, well, uh, you know, like a lot of projects, um, you know, the actual recording process might be one thing, but then you, all the work on the back end, right? All the editing, all the publishing. Yeah. Uh, if there's any rights that you have to secure, I mean, yes. all the logistics. You know, it's like five yeah. percent uh, is the recording, and then ninety-five percent is all the yeah. the schlep uh, that has yeah. to be done to get to get it finished, but. Uh, oh yeah that's cool yeah, so had, self self-financed or did you get a grant to do all this uh i applied for some grants um i got some some funding through auburn university and the rest of, unfortunately was kind of out of pocket so mm-hmm. and it wasn't cheap but but the good news was everybody that agreed to perform um they did they, the performance side of it was pro bono as long as i covered travel sure so um, so they were all very gracious and, and, and se- there's several college professors that, um, this could be, you know, beneficial for their tenure portfolio also, but, um, yeah, so, so not, yeah, uh, so we're phase one of that is done. Now we're just working on mixing and editing. And then from there, the, the plan is to have it released hopefully by early 2020. So mm-hmm. pretty happy with everything from that though. I think so. I mean, if I could, uh, obviously, if you have a chance to do everything all over again, uh, <laughs> I would do things. I would, I would have done the schedule a little bit differently. Um, trying to record sixty minutes of pretty complicated trumpet ensemble arrangements uh, <laughs> for eight trumpets and organ and percussion turns out to be a little bit more challenging than 
anticipated. But um, but no, I mean, everybody was prepared and sounded awesome. You know, I constantly felt like the weakest link. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Yeah, but you know but, what? Uh, I always felt like uh, that was the best situation. Is yes. you know I wanted to hire uh, even with uh, my little jazz combo that I still have and and other things is I want to make sure that I'm surrounded by the best of the best. Yeah, you know, well, and, and then I don't really have to work all that hard. You know, no, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and and I will say, while it was super stressful three days, it was super inspiring and some of the and even though the parts were challenging, it was some of the easiest ensemble playing I've ever done. Because mm-hmm. everybody is just right, you know, it's locked in. You know, we've known each other for years, even though we don't play together anymore. Yeah, still remember how we all kind of played in college, and and I'll tell you, personality in a in a large group like that matters a lot. So the fact that we were all <laughs> close friends and still keep in touch and mm-hmm. respect each other was a big plus for a project like this. So, so if Rommel uh, was involved, was there also some golfing involved in this? <laughs> I wish. No, 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 no time for that. Barely enough time to eat. So, yeah. um, but, um, but no, it was, still, it was great. And then uh, after the recording sessions were done, Rommel, John Rommel and Bob White agreed to come over to Auburn for, for an afternoon to do a master class. And we had Sweet. like a big trumpet, trumpet day at Auburn, which was great. Mm-hmm. Hearing him teach again for a couple of hours was pretty awesome. Yeah. Very inspiring. Well, and so. Bob's done great things for himself too. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah it was, it was cool. Um, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, so I, owe, work to do, but. I owe Bob uh, quite a bit because it was his invitation for me to sub for him on a July 4th program in Owensboro uh, that yeah. got me in down there. Oh, I didn't know and, that. And uh, you know, uh, you could look at it as uh, all downhill from there <laughs> or, or all uphill <laughs> from there, but uh, I'm going to start my 17th season with him this fall you know that's fantastic yeah i mean it's 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 a i mean it's a great orchestra it's the the hall is great they do great rap and yeah it's 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 well we got a a new music director now too troy quinn's doing some great things there and good uh of course a lot of people hated to see nick go but you know i think change change is good whether or not uh, you like the person you know i think sometimes change is yeah. is necessary for growth but uh, yeah and i see him on social media periodically making posts and it so- seems like he's doing some really great things all over the map he's yeah. conducting yeah. everywhere which is great so yeah. but uh cool well man it's been great to catch up uh yeah uh, uh if if i could get my beard to grow in as as thick as yours i i would uh, <laughs> but the problem is uh yeah, well, it, it all swoops to one side too. So, <laughs> careful like, what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, so well, uh, any any sage advice uh, you'd like to offer to uh, you know young trumpeters who are listening? Uh sage advice. Um, I would say, I mean, I've been performing and teaching trumpet uh, for almost twenty years now, and. It, 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 I guess the biggest advice I would give is there's 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 no shortcuts in this in this business. There really, everything that you do um, in your preparation and with your attitude um, is a direct result of of the results you get. So mm-hmm. if you, I mean, you you really can't go into this field half-assed or or with any hesitation. I mean, it has to be with tons of fire and tons of proactive listening and practicing and studying and reading and mm-hmm. um and like you said earlier uh 
even though I'm, I would consider myself a professional, you know, teaching at, at a college, you know, at a, at a big university down here, I, I'm still always learning. I learn from my students. I learn from, you know, try to find ways to learn and continue to grow because that's, I mean, this is not a stagnant field. So for young students, um, go after it 150% and um, be as proactive as you can. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sweet. Wow, man. It's been great. Uh, say hi to your family for me. I will. And, I will. Uh, Tell Jenny and, and, and the boys I said, hey, and sure. I, I miss my sleep, my annual Christmas sleepovers. I know. I know. <laughs> well, and of course, you know, uh, every time I mention your name, Jenny does the triple tongue exercise, right? <laughs> Degote, degody, 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 degody. That's awesome. That's why you got the gig, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Well, hey, good luck to you. Thanks, and uh, keep me posted about with the podcast. I'm going to look forward to hearing it cool all right thanks man take care all right talk to you soon bud bye bye thank you again for listening to today's interview i hope you enjoyed your time here and please come back for more interviews be sure to share the news of this podcast with friends and colleagues and give me a rating on whatever platform you get your podcast from thanks again to messina covers for co-sponsoring this podcast don't forget that you too can be a supporter check out how at www.patreon.com slash studio HFL. And one more reminder that you can sign up to receive news via email regarding new episodes, merchandise, and more by going to palmusic.net and clicking on the subscribe to newsletter link. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you come back for more great interviews.